Hi and welcome to this week's Mortgage Broker Broadcast. This week's podcast is a little bit different because Mortgage Broker Broadcast, the podcast is two years old this week. So I just wanted to take this opportunity with this week's podcast to have a bit of a recap, a bit of reflection and put together some clips of the amazing guests that I've had over the past 12 months. There are too many clips to include into a podcast, so I apologise for those guests who have been on the podcast the last 12 months, not including the clips. Doesn't mean that the podcast was any less worthwhile than the previous ones. Just got so much content, putting so many sort of takeaway moments from the podcast over the 12, last 12 months that I just had. I couldn't include them all, so I had to be a bit selective. There is obviously a list of the podcasts you can go back to any ones that you've previously missed out on um but yeah i just wanted to have get this week's to celebrate the past celebrate the last 12 months we're now two years into the podcast and we're now episode 105 i think it is um 106 now into the podcast and yeah it's just been an amazing journey from how it started if you want to know how it started then you can obviously go back to the last year's anniversary one which explained a little bit about how the podcast started but what an amazing journey it's been over the past 12 months amazing guest amazing feedback from people that do listen and subscribe and so yeah let's just get into the clips let's get into the podcast You're listening to the Mortgage Broker Broadcast with me, Craig Skelton, the podcast which helps mortgage brokers at all stages of their mortgage broking career. Why am I seeing and why are you finding and why there is more and more mortgage brokers out there starting to think, do you know what? I need my own website now. I'm not just happy with a Facebook page and an Insta page and my profile on LinkedIn looking smart. It's then now the growing trend is then now to to be having your own website as well out there. I think it probably comes back to what we were talking about earlier. There's so many brokers doing videos and doing a lot on social. And I think a lot of them then finding that often doesn't result in the kind of leads that they need. That then kind of realizing that, and we've, we, you know, we talked about it till we're blue in the face on the website. I think we did a, um, uh, an episode called Social is Sexy, but SEO Pays the Bills. Um, and I Good think, style, by the way. That was a good decent, yeah, I think Tom yeah. came up with that, though. Not me. Um, there's no better time to get in front of someone when they're actually looking for you. Yes, social is, is, is great for, you know, you can build up a following and you can get some inquiries from it and some awareness. And that awareness, you know, people more people search your brand actually helps your seo and google rankings but um there's no better inquiry or time to get in front of someone is when they search for a mortgage broker or for mortgage advice or for help on a specific mortgage product and that's ultimately not really happening on social you're not really sort of searching as much on social as you do on google you know over seven Seven and a half million searches on Google every uh, every day. Is every uh, is what is one search every three seconds around mortgages? I can't wow. remember the maths. Um, in the UK, uh, over three hundred thousand different search terms. You know, there's a lot of people jumping on Google looking for help and advice around mortgages. The the, the market is huge, and. They convert into inquiries because they, you know, they're looking in that moment. They're looking. Whereas social, yes, it's kind of like that. 
that advertising that we're using, like magazine advertising, it's all getting in front of people and being top of mind when they're ready. Uh, and that's really hard to do, you know, to keep people's attention and remember you. That's a really difficult thing to do. It can be done, you know, can be done, certainly, you know. Um, but, you know, when there's thousands of people search something and you're top of Google for it, then you get lots of, and your page and site is, is good, you get a lot of, get a lot of leads. And then if you need to feed leads, not just for you, for your team, then you need more volume than what is on social. So I think that is why people are looking at websites and they've seen people, you know, like we've had um, people on our podcast, like Jamie Thompson, um, Mark Robinson, who have gone from, you know, they put a, um, I think I remember Mark Robinson put a post um, in our Facebook group and I, I ripped his website to shreds in like less than two minutes in terms of just some of the technical stuff. And then he joined our program and then, Within six months, he's getting lots of inquiries. He used to, but he still does social as well. People try and top it up, so it's not like I think it's one or the other. It's yeah. like they complement each other. But I just think there's more volume and better quality that comes through the, a website. But just something you sort of said on there about the what did you say? The January diet is that something? Yeah, the yo-yo. What do you mean by that? Well, like so. I, I know you exercise and I exercise and I, and it, for me, it's one of the most important things that makes me perform, makes me pump, makes me feel good. It, it's not just about my body, although you do get the body from it. It's about how my mind, the discipline, everything works. So I'm used to it. I've turned it into a habitual habit. I don't have to worry about doing it. I just do it naturally. I have different things. Whereas people come into the gym in January and I'll give you exactly what they do. And funny enough, this year there hasn't been as many, but I'll see my mate. Call, let's call him Mike. I go, Mike, how's it going? He'll go, yeah, mate, I'm banging into it now. I'm gym six times a week. I'm uh, doing a calorie diet, a 1,500 calories a day. I don't eat chocolate. I'm off the booze. I'm not going out anymore. And at night, I'm doing some additional classes. And I look at Mike and I think, oh, great, Mike. He's not going to last more than two weeks because he's made unrealistic changes to his life. And it's like such drastic changes, unless you've got the mindset of an, an absolute elitist, which Mike clearly hasn't because he's never been to the gym in the whole time I've known him and he's always been one of them, oh, I don't do it. You sort of set unrealistic expectations for yourself and then when you fail, you just give in. So you've almost lost it there. And it's about making, people don't make drastic changes. They call, I call them yo-yoers in whatever it is, whatever it may be, they'll yo-yo because they'll just come back to where they were started in the first place. But what we want to do is create habits in how we think habits in behaviours that we do, habits in actions, you know, make them habits and make them long-term so they last forever and then you get the long-term effects of them. And then the final stage was um, and is what they call final touch, which is the, the lasting impression you leave on that client. So when do you ask for a testimonial and when do you, and what do you give them at the end? And I used to give moon pig cards and I explain in the, in the, uh, in the blueprint masterclass, why I did that, which is just to leave a, like an elastic impression, which again, increases the chance of referral and why you ask for testimonial, you ask for a testimonial on completion uh, on, um, offer, not on completion because you, it's a peak end effect it explains it in there and we'll, don't go into it here, but the offer you've delivered on what you're going to say. So you've caught them in the, the peak of their emotion. And everybody else is asking for them for a testimonial on completion, the estate agents, solicitors, everyone. But at offer point, you are the only person 
and at that who's doing it and at that point you're the only person who's actually delivered on what you're supposed to do because everybody else the solicitors still haven't crossed the line but you have so at that point you people will like you because you're making them one step closer and these four stages i have always followed it's what i do i do this myself it's why you're seeing me everywhere i do the exact everything i teach i do for my own mortgage my own consulting business exact same thing some of them are a little bit changed but but it's pretty much the same thing. And that system I followed with the niche, I followed with a few other brokers, but niche was the one I was like, sat him down and went, do this. And everyone else was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, no, <laughs> do this. The problem is it takes a long time to, to, to see results. But what it is, is it's this system, this blueprint will allow people, will allow anyone. It's any, it's literally paint by numbers is if you follow this blueprint over, you know, one year, what will happen is oh, it's not so much one year, just two over one year, two years, whatever. What will happen is one client will turn to two, two to two will turn to four, four will turn to eight, eight will turn to sixteen. It's one of these organic growth. It's a swelling kind of effect. When mortgage made it easy it was becoming a vision in your mind. You're thinking about this is something yeah. you wanted to do, set up your own brand and business. Was it always the plan to be more than? Lee Rowland, was that always the plan to be more than you doing being a broker in the business? Yes, 100%. From, from the day I thought of going on my own and setting up the brand and the business, there was always expansion in mind. So that's why I was always researching, reading, looking at other people's models. Um, and I, I, I know for a fact that I'm pretty good at relationship development, not bad at business development, not bad at running a team. And so it, it's, it's always been there that to get, and that's why it's called mortgages made easy. It's like a quite generic, so it can be put out across wherever. It's not specific to a specific area. So it's all, and that's why the branding, that can be given to other people as well. So it, it's literally always been the plan. Whereas once I got myself settled, uh, once I got my processes and systems up to speed, and I got comfortable, was then to get a client relationship manager in, which I've had Jordan in, which most people are aware of by now. And that then freed up my time then to focus, as you said, this year on the recruitment, which is the next stage in development for, for mortgages made easy. In terms of talking about Google Ads, is there anything that sort of you're sort of seeing that somebody's doing really well right now rather than looking at the positive side of things is there anybody out there with the the google ads in terms of tracking the ads or keywords or anything like that? is there sort of some good shining lights out there at the moment regarding to the google ad campaigns or anything that they're not doing that they should be doing yeah i mean i think the the people who are still doing the best on google ads within the mortgage space whether um, you know this is whether they're clients of mine or whether there are other people are those who are who are going after specific niches within the mortgage sector and you know this is not this is not new advice i've been saying it for ages other people have as well but the 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 big problem that that you have as a mortgage broker is by and large you are selling the same products and services from the same lenders as every other mortgage broker yeah a little bit of variance but by and large why do i get my mortgage? 44,000 i read your post david yeah. 44,000 of them so you know why would i get my mortgage from you rather than 
another broker down the road. And one of the reasons is by being a specialist in a particular sector. That's just generally, you know, good for your marketing, but it's particularly important with Google Ads. Because if you try, to give some example, if you try and be on Google Ads for a very generic kind of phrase like mortgage broker, then you've got a lot of competition. And when and what are you going to say in your ad that's going to resonate with the person who's typed in mortgage broker? Because you don't know what they're looking for. Whereas if someone's typed in something more specific, like, you know, mortgages for listed buildings or mortgages for IT contractors or, you know, something specific like that, um, well, take something like mortgages for IT contractors. You know, you can then in your ad highlight the benefits which are relevant to that audience, like, you know, whatever it might be, getting a mortgage based on your contract rate or getting a mortgage even if you've only just started your contract or other things like that that will make that audience go, oh, oh, I like the look of that. I need to click that one. Whereas if you were just trying to talk to everybody, you couldn't put benefits in your ad that would resonate. And that, of course, then carries on through, or it should carry on through, to when someone clicks your ad and goes through to your site. Because you've targeted a very specific kind of keyword, and you therefore know that it's an IT contractor or a nurse or a listed building owner or whatever it is who's clicked your ad, you can make sure that your landing page talks about the exact pain points that that kind of target audience has and reassures them that you can solve those particular issues and that you're a specialist in it because everyone would always rather go to a specialist than a generalist you know um, and that's you know across all industries and stuff um, so yeah the people who are doing well are basically those who are focusing on a specific niche or niches rather than just trying to compete for anyone and everyone who's searching for mortgage broker was there sort of like a one clear defining moment for you that was that sort of people like I said about the libel moment? Like, was there something when you thought actually something has to change? Was was there that one? Wow, mm. like something has to be done here about this. I don't think for me there was one light bulb moment. I think looking back, hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Like, I looking back, I'm like. Oh, there were so many warning signs. I just didn't know them or I just didn't see them or I just didn't act on them. But looking back, there were so many signs that I was heading for burnout. Um, and I remember just one day waking up. It was about, I think it was June, June-ish, 2019. And it was six in the morning. I came downstairs and I said to my but now ex-husband, but my husband at the time, I came downstairs and I just had this overwhelming feeling that I was just, I just said to him, I was like, something bad is going to happen. He was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I just got this overwhelming feeling that something bad is going to happen. And I don't know why. I was like, something bad is going to happen. Like I'm going to be in a car crash because I'm gonna, I kept falling asleep at the wheel. That's how bad it was. I was like, I feel wow. like something bad is going to happen. Like I'm going to have that car crash. Or because my temperament and my, my, my emotions were so just hot and cold because I just obviously I'm burning myself out. I couldn't regulate my emotions and my mindset. Um, so I was I was quite fiery, you know. One minute I'd be okay, the next minute the smallest thing would make me go. Poof. And I just said to my, to my husband, so I was like, something bad's going to happen. Am I going to crash the car, or I'm going to end up stabbing you? And he was like, okay, right, something is something's not right here. And I didn't yeah. know what was wrong with me. And I just felt like somebody had body snatched me. I felt like somebody had taken Alice away. And I was like, what? What is going on? And then I just suddenly had this realisation that I'm not me. 
I think I'm burnt out. And then I Googled, which I know you shouldn't do, but I didn't know about burnout because burnout doesn't happen to organized people. Um, and yeah. then I looked and was like, oh, shit, this is burnout. This is serious. Um, and so I don't think it was one thing that made me realize it. I just think I was stupid and ignored all the signs. I've followed Stephen Bartlett for quite some time, so I've seen him um for for like like i said for quite some time um other like other people that i would sort of see as deem as successful and i went through the same i'm like i do sort of really understand what you're talking about because i went through that same thing of when you first set your firm up you're thinking well i'm a business owner now and this is what you look at these people thinking they're up they're at these sort of levels this is like you say the cars, the houses, the boats, the like what that that's what success looks like. When actually it's not success, is whatever success means to you. And your success will look different to my success, to then every and that's why you can never like I sort of talk about never comparing yourself because actually what success looks like for you, and the things you're talking about there of doing the personal stuff as well, of dropping shopping off and doing the way and all those sorts of things is success. And it's not until it's funny. I like where I live, I work from home. I like I've got an office in my like garden. So I'm so lucky from that. And I do the journey now and again that I used to do as an employed down the A19, down the AW1, down the M1, traveling the sort of the 80 miles. And then, and, and I did that journey the other day and I just thought to myself, that's, to me, success now is not do Like, I don't have to do that anymore. Don't have yeah. to, I don't have to get in my car. I like, don't get me wrong, I'm still up early. I'm still in my office, like, first thing, in the, what I would call first thing in the morning, which would be, in some people would class it as insane. Some people would think normality. Some people would say I would lay it. But I think it's not until you then look back and think, actually, yeah, I used to do this every single day. I used to do this 80 mile there, 80 miles back, doing that trip and then thinking, but like success now for me, like you say, it's not about that. Like you're sort of saying that it's not about those big shiny things. It's about the life. And that's one thing that I underlined there is you said there was lifestyle. And that's the thing that's important to you and is important to most people that are, self-employed running their own firms i think there is more people realizing that now ros even more that success just looks totally different to what success looked like 10 years ago 20 years ago however much however many years ago sorry <laughs> sorry i'm just getting emotional because um i didn't mean to do that i'm really sorry i, I didn't no, I, no, no. I wasn't expecting Oh my god, no, it's not you. I just I don't think I've um um I just think it's like I've written about this in like my notebooks. <laughs> like um you know, the lifestyle that I'm living right now is what I used to write about, you know, like in when you're journaling and um you're setting your goals. And then I can't, I found that book um, and was like, oh my God, like I'm actually doing it. Like I'm actually, you know, it says something like, I've got the freedom to, 
you know, go out for a coffee with my mum if I want to in the middle of the day or, you know, I can wake up at whatever time I want and, you know, do. So sometimes it's just the reason I'm getting emotional is because, you know, obviously I'm proud, I'm I'm happy, but, you know, you just don't realise what you've got in front of you. And I think many people that are running a business maybe don't actually take stock in like really appreciating how far they've actually come because we're always being you know even like the nun you know saying what's next right um we're always looking at what's next and I've had that same kind of situation so that was me at the altar at the happiest moment in my life marrying like my you know my best mate and then uh when I came off the stage at FSE and I just, it was euphoric, you know, I'd bought a new dress, I'd just been, you know, presenting on stage, and then I came off stage, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that was me, like, I can't believe I just did that, and then the first question I got asked was, um, oh, is it just you, Roz, like, in the business, I was like, well, I am the brand, but obviously there's people in the background, like you said, like, the entourage, I was like, yeah, there's people that work for me, and he's like, yeah, but how's that going to be sustainable, how are you going to build that, how are you going to raise it, you know, what happens if you, can't? and I think what he was trying to get at is, like, what happens when you become a mum? What happens when you... And I just thought, actually, I just want to... I just want to enjoy this moment. Like, I just want to be staying still because the reason I'm getting emotional is because I just don't want life to change. Like, right now, life is really, really good. And I'm scared of, like, you know, my family's all healthy. My house is, you know, great. I'm great. Business is great. And actually, you know, things can knock you and we just have to just take stock for, for what we have and just be really proud that wherever you are, that you've made it this far. Like if you've got one mortgage client, fine. One, if you've got one, you can do 10. If you can do 10, you can do a hundred, but just don't lose sight of the the 10 that you did and the hundred that you did, because there's always a next, next, next. So yeah, it was just really nice to kind of reflect on that moment so thank you so that was it that was a reflection review of the past 12 months of the podcast and looking forward to another year of the podcast 12 more months plenty more episodes to come plenty more of solo episodes plenty more of amazing guests so again just want to say thank you to everyone that listens everyone that subscribes everyone that gives me feedback on the podcast it keeps me driven and motivated to keep recording the podcast week in, week out, and thank you to the amazing guests that agreed to come on the podcast. Let me take control of them for up to an hour generally and just come to the podcast with no agenda, no real sort of script, shall we say, and just getting to interview them totally free. So, yeah, thank you to everybody that's been involved. And any thoughts or feedback or comments on this podcast, as always, please list it. Please add it on whichever uh, platform you listen to podcasts and if you're thinking about becoming a self-employed mortgage broker or you're looking to set up your own mortgage broker brand and business or you're looking to accelerate your existing one then get in touch as always and so I can help and explain how I can help and support you to achieve your goals and as always don't forget to run your own race. Thank you for listening to the Mortgage Broker Broadcast, the podcast which helps mortgage brokers at all stages of their mortgage broking career. If you have any questions about this podcast or any topics you want us to discuss, or if you're interested in working with me further, then please get in touch.